Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. My name is Valerie Complex, associate editor and film writer at Deadline Hollywood. How is everybody doing? The holidays are coming up and I hope everybody is getting what they asked for from Santa or from your parents or whatever you believe in. Um, for me, I, I didn't really ask for much. I've been doing some, most of the giving it seems like, but it's one of those years where I can do that. So anyway, today is a really, really special episode. One, because it's one of my favorite interviews and two, because of the subject matter, and I'll explain in a little bit, but on this episode of the podcast is Stephanie Shu, star of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Now, she stars in a dual role in the film as Joy and Jobu, which is the film's sort of antagonist, in the Daniels' latest film. And she stars alongside Michelle Yao as her mother, Evelyn, and Ki Hu Kwan as Joy's father, Wayman. The story sort of follows, you know, a mother and daughter relationship through a multiverse with infinite versions of their lives and their quote unquote rivalry. I don't think it's about a rivalry so much, but a strained relationship. Now, I remember seeing the film when it debuted at South by Southwest earlier this year, and I was blown away by the vision and the utter commitment of all the actors in the film. And really, Michelle and Key and Stephanie really stepped, they, they was in a bag with this one. But Stephanie gives a particularly heartfelt performance, especially at the end. The character has a monologue at the end that had me in tears. Now, she's been getting a lot of accolades for the performance. But before starring in everything all at once, her career sort of started in 2014 in the TV series called Dandelion. Fast forward to 2019, and she has a recurring role in Amazon's comedy show, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. And that is followed by roles in Marvel's Shang-Chi and Aquafina's television series, Nora from Queens, which is where Stephanie met the Daniels. It's interesting because her audition tape is sort of making its rounds on social media, which solidified why she was perfect for the part in Everything Everywhere All at Once. So if you have an opportunity to search for that and find that, I'd definitely take a look at it. Having starred in the film, Stephanie has been nominated for an Independent Spirit Award in the category of Breakthrough Performance and a Critics' Choice Award in the category of Best Supporting Actress. And she's been sort of honored at the Hamptons Film Festival, Middleburg Film Festival, Newport Film Festival, San Francisco Film Festival, and will be awarded at the Santa Barbara Film Festival as one of their virtuoso honorees. And man, she completely deserves every. She deserves everything. Okay, she is everything. She is the moment. She is the legend, and deserves everything. And 
she's so warm and, and, and humble. And we had a really powerful conversation about pressure and what it means to perform and how to really protect yourself in this sort of industry. She has some really great projects coming up as well. She is going to be starring in Poker Face, which was directed by Ryan Johnson and stars Natasha Lyonne as a detective. She's also going to be in The Fall Guy, which stars um, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Emily Blunt. It's a David Leach film. And she's going to be starring in, in some other great projects that are coming up. And her, you know, her career is just really moving full speed ahead and deserves to so I know I've talked on long enough but really get into the conversation that we're having it's a great one what has the like the train the, the train that has sort of been going full speed ahead after the release of everything everywhere all at once like what like what has that been like being on board this crazy train so to speak girl it's <laughs> it's not even a train there are no tracks it is a, a a sky car roller coaster surfboard into the ocean down to the avatar down to the Mayans in Panther, <laughs> back up to the sky it's been crazy um yeah, you know, it's so funny. I think before the movie came out, everybody was like, you know, this is this is like your first time. So this is a lot of newness is going to come out of this. And I was like, yeah, I get it. There's going to be a lot of newness, but I've, I've been around the block. Yeah. I'm fine. And honestly, just even the last few months in particular, I've been like, I knew nothing. I knew nothing. <laughs> um, but I genuinely am... I love our movie so much. I'm so proud of it. I, I loved it when I first read it. So this is kind of the dreamiest, most out of world, best case scenario for all of us. Um, so I, I feel excited to be representing this little corner of the, of the film industry. And like all the awards buzz that's sort of coming with the performance, um, there has to be some like feelings of immense pressure there as well. I mean, or you could just be like, look, I'm just, it's just all good. I'm just glad to be here. And, you know, both can be true. You know, it's so um, layered, right? It's so layered because you are a woman of color and I am a woman of color. And the truth of the matter is, is that I don't want to, I, Gina, Gina Price um, Bythewood, when she won the Gotham's, I was mm. lucky enough to be in the room and she said, Oh yeah, um, I was there too. Oh, okay. Do you remember when she said, you know, as women of color, you're always asked to talk about the struggle, but you're never asked to talk about the camera lens or the mm. choices of lighting or speed or, mm. or the take. And it's true. Like, I don't want to talk about the immense hurdles that, have led all of us in this particular movie to this point mm -hmm. um, to be able to be recognized. Um, I want to talk about the craft. And also the reality is, is that there is this pressure of like, wow, you know, if any of us get to really thrive in this moment, that is 
busting open more doors that Key didn't see for 35 years, that Michelle hasn't seen in her whole career, that I haven't seen in my career. So yeah, there is a lot of pressure and there's a, I think there's fear in that too, even mm. though it's all also noise. Like mm. it's crazy. I, I, I ran into Rachel Brosnahan the other day and we got to have a, a really beautiful coffee and a sit mm. about all of this and mm -hmm. it is a it's a crazy mind fuck sorry i'll bleep no, that it's, out it's okay <laughs> no 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 we curse we curse over here in this in this corner of the it's world. a mind fuck it's a total mind fuck and the pressures are real when when it feels like you're one shot to do something great and make an impact and to talk about the craft a little bit your audition tape has been going around the internet for the role and how did you like how did you conceptualize what that would look like even in the audition because I can tell you had already sort of built you know looking at the footage I can tell you had already built this world about this character in your head and so what goes through your mind when you're sort of conceptualizing what that's going to look like and how that's going to uh come alive so to speak I think I had the upper hand and, you know, because I had worked with the Daniels on uh, Nora from Queens right before uh, we shot everything everywhere mm -hmm. or before they proposed this project to me, I think I got a window into their sense of humor, which mm -hmm. also really aligned with my sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And so I remember for that character, particularly, particularly for Nora from Queens, I don't know if you've seen the episode, but it's this character named Shushu. It mm -hmm. takes place um, right before the, the Chinese revolution. Mm -hmm. It's like in the 1950s, but we're using common vernacular. Like, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> like I say something along the lines of like, uh, uh, get that nasty girl or so, I don't know. I, you know, but she's wearing like 1950s, mm -hmm. uh, traditional Chinese clothing. And so we really developed a very weird sense of humor in mm -hmm. even that character alone. And so I think when I read the script, I had permission to go there because I knew they were able to handle it. And I knew that in fact, they loved to get weird and make bold choices. And I've always loved movies and characters that both explode and also are centered around a really intimate story. Um, so the bones of it, I mean, if you see hot dog fingers in a script, it's like, it's not a slice of life right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of film, you know, it's a little extra to begin mm. with. And when on set, um, well, actually, you know, let me go back. What was your feeling? Because like, you know, me and, and my colleagues and friends who love the movie have talked about how the entrance of this character of this quote unquote, I guess, air quote villain is one of the best I've ever seen. Like just this intro of like wearing like, you know, Elvis costume wear and like blowing, turning the cops into confetti. Like it was just like, just this wild sort of ride and wild introduction to this character. What was your feeling when you first saw what that looked like? I was so excited, honestly. I mean, are mm -hmm. you kidding me? You know, everyone's dream is to be able to make that sort of grand entrance and i think what made me really excited about it and what i love about movies is because you know the beginning middle and end mm -hmm. i wanted to start joy from the most like subtle unexpected mm -hmm. 
place possible mm -hmm. because I knew that Jobu was about to come, was going to get to come out and, and make her entrance. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, it was just so fun. It's so fun to be powerful. But I think what I love about her in particular, Jobu, was that it gave me permission to not only bring a really intense passion for craft into mm -hmm. it, but also immense chaos and improvisation. Um, so the Daniels, for example, we really cultivated a and wanted to create a villain. I remember Daniel Shiner said to said this to me before we started filming. He was like, there are so many male villains who get to just be oh, yeah. scary and do crazy things. And we've never seen a female get to kind of let it all hang out in this way. And we want to encourage you to spill out and explode and be uh, vile. Um, so once that was the assignment, I think it just, uh, it really unleashed every possibility. And of course, from a philosophical stand of point of view, if this character can be everything everywhere all at once mm -hmm. and truly jump to another reality in the middle of a sentence, then like anything can happen. And so getting to enter that scene with so much aliveness and also uh, explosion while being completely unfazed by mm -hmm. the amount of power that you have mm -hmm. was just so fun. Um, and quite the assignment. <laughs> it was, yeah, I was gonna say you understood the assignment. It was just so dope, like seeing that. And I'm curious from the, your joy and and Jobu, is there anything that you learned from either or character that you would sort of apply to your own personal life? Mm. Well, you know, it's so funny. Before the movie came out, um, I had seen the final cut, I was really mm -hmm. excited. We've been waiting for it to release for two years. Um, and I I found myself unleashing my inner Jobu in mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And like, I think the thing that I have really learned from Jobu or she has made me aware of the spirals that we go on. Mm -hmm. And I can catch myself when I'm going Jobu. Now mm. it's like I had this demon that I thought that I brought into <laughs> the world, but maybe was living inside me all along. And so right, right. now there are moments where I'm like, uh-oh, I'm going Jobu. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I'm creating chaos. Um, so I feel like that is one thing that I've learned. But also, you know, and this is the beautiful circle of like making people receiving, and that also heals yourself mm -hmm. as the maker. I don't think I knew how many people had mother daughter complicated relationships and really felt these questions of intergenerational trauma, especially mm -hmm. as an immigrant family. You know, we haven't been talking about all this for all that long in the public space. And right, so right. what's been astounding actually is so many people being like, that's my story, or I relate to that so much, or I wish I got to have that conversation with my mother and, um, that's been really healing to to feel that so many people are going through this. Um, it's made me feel like amongst a whole humanity. And can you talk about what the environment was on set, like working with the Daniels, working with um, Key and 
you know, Michelle, who's like a legend. I was watching her films when I was in elementary school, you know, but the atmosphere seems like it was just like super fun. Like I remember when you guys came into the Deadline studio um, at South by Southwest, everybody was loud, <laughs> cracking jokes. <laughs> everybody had jokes. The Daniels were, were, were hilarious. And I had, I had remember he said something and I was like, the ball gag guy and yeah. it just didn't click. And so I was like, man, that must've been a fun ass time on set. So can you just talk about the environment? Yeah. We did that interview with you, right? Yeah. That or, was me. Yes. I, yes. Okay. I remember that. God, that, well, I mean, when we've met people in March, I'm like, can you believe it? Like, can yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You've been here, you were there, you were in Austin, let's yeah. crazy. Um, Okay, wait, I do want to answer your question, but there is this elephant in the room because we kind of opened up the can of worms and then kind of just kept moving. And I just want to quickly ask, like, do you feel pressure? Every day, all day. <laughs> um, the, and the pressure comes from a lot of different things. When I first took, there aren't very many of us at trades to begin with. Um, and when I got this job, I told myself that, you know, I want to try to do a variety of different things and, and review a variety of different movies and talk to a variety of different people. But as you learn and as you see how other people interpret things that maybe you relate to a lot close, um, much closer to or mm. that you're more connected with are kind of out of step and out of touch. You're like, well, damn, like now the pressure is on me to be the maybe be the black person doing the black stuff at the trade because if I don't then what's gonna happen if mm -hmm. I don't um and that pressure is there every day all day every time I walk into a room which is an all white space um every time I get access to something I wrote a piece about my uh experience in Cannes last year which was um mm filled with microaggressions and just flat out racism and what yeah. it's like to be someone with access when people don't think you deserve it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, yes. I, so to answer your question, I experience like pressure every single day that I do this job. And when I walk out the door, you know, just when I take off my work hat and walk out the door, as you know, there is immense pressure to kind of just be and live in a world that's set up for us to fail mm -hmm. so yeah I didn't mean to run on a tangent but. no thank you for sharing because I was feeling really vulnerable that I had sort of opened up that can of worms um and I you know it's we don't get these moments like of mm -hmm. you and I talking a lot and so it's so helpful for me to hear encouraging for me to hear I hear you I see you and I feel like it's important for people who are listening to hear because the thing that I, when you had asked about awards and all this stuff and the success of the movie, you know, I think the thing that I have been reflecting on even in this week, I had a friend who asked me, I was like, oh, I, I had been up for X and Y, Z project. And they were like, oh, what, what role were you? And I was like, oh, I was the assistant or something. And he was like, why do they always have you as an assistant? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, 
there are many ways to answer that question, but I think the pressure that comes from this particular movie is that when I got the script, I didn't think to myself, oh my gosh, it's a story about an Asian family. I think because it's just so clearly gonna be an Asian family, where I knew Michelle was attached. What I saw in Joy and Jobu was a character that could carry, that could hold the capacity of all that I'm capable of as an actor who not only came up from experimental theater, but did eight shows a week on Broadway and did comedy. Like I was like, I can do that. I can fill those shoes. I never get to see characters that ask me to fill those shoes. Um, and so I think that that is the pressure and also the excitement of this movie is wanting it to open up more doors and space for characters that are that are complex and like mm. this that Michelle has even waited her entire life for. And I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want that history to continue to repeat if this moment doesn't, you know, thrive the way that we all dream it to. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I mean, we, I mean, we could wake that up because I mean, we look at like, you know, and I totally, and it's really interesting that you said that. And that was really like, you know, it hit me to my core. It's like, mm. what do you do when you see talented people who are thriving in the margins and not mm -hmm. where they should be? Like, I remember writing in my review, what the hell took so long? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm you know michelle is not one of those people who's ever turned in a bad performance so what's the problem mm -hmm. you know so um it is one part of it i believe is like attaching yourself to good projects but also good people mm -hmm. who understand humanity um and they're not you know necessarily writing a story for asian people they're writing a story about people who are going through human things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if and and there I, be, I do believe that there's a lot of culture tied to the story of this family and everything all at once as well but there is a universal thread there that everyone can sort of relate to and I think the more that we get these people, people like the Daniels who are willing to take risk and studios like A24 that are willing mm -hmm. to take risk, we're going to continue to see the same shit. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I, I say this often, like my goal is, I love writing and being a journalist, but my goal ultimately in the future is to be a um, screenwriter. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to create these sort of Oh, girl, I'm talking too much. Oh, my God. No, no, I like it. <laughs> I don't know if y'all edit this, but. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, my goal is to create worlds 
where we can exist. And I know that that's so sad and bleak to say, because we exist in this world navigating through other people's societies and success, but we have to make a world of our own and put ourselves in it. It's just sad, but that is kind of what I feel like I'm here to do. Even with my film reviews, I try to bring people into Mm. a different sense of of being and and thinking about things differently. Mm. I love that. Totally. A hundred percent. I'm with you. And the only, the thing that's been the most exciting thing about this time is realizing like, oh, okay, if I'm looking for my next challenge, the best way or most proactive way to maybe make that happen is to carve that space for myself or to get stories and create the team to, you know, package the team that Mm -hmm. will tell it. Um, (laughs) And that's exciting. That's, that's, proactive and um it is really inspiring makes me work hard and um it's fun um back to your question about michelle (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm so intense i keep no i don't i'm so intense (laughs) i am intense too i try to keep it you know because not everybody is like that but when people want to wake it up and want to go there you know that's what we can do we can yeah we we can wake it up and then we can give it a little, like a little, you know, a cupcake too. You That's know, it. we can like, put some sprinkles on. I think, yeah. There aren't always enough of us in proximity to one another. So you're right. We're not having these conversations because we are so far apart. So when we get together, we definitely should have these conversations and yeah. also find out. I know you're going to answer the Michelle question, but I want to interject one other question because when you mentioned being vulnerable and not mm-hmm. just like in this role as Joy and Jobu, but as an actress, you know, protection and self-care is like a huge thing, mm-hmm. um, especially as a woman and as a woman of color. Do you, do you, I'm not talking about putting up walls and not being emotionally available for your characters or anything like that. But I'm talking about protecting yourself personally from things that might get in in mm. your head and distract you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm really learning about that. I'm. I feel like I'm up to a. I'm being challenged on a next level. I passed level one. I passed level two. Now I'm on like level three, four of really holding onto my center mm-hmm. and like remembering who I am, remembering my boundaries, remember my core existence, and not only first and foremost, as a human being, then as an artist, then as, you know, as an artist slash friend, you know, partner, you have to protect that because I feel like the noise, you know, I I was just reading this book last night about the attention economy and our attention is being grabbed at every single moment. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the limelight, like if you're, you know, very public facing, of course, that's going to affect you, you know, and I have been trying to like let myself actually feel more throughout all of this time and maybe take some of those walls down but with that comes at a cost because you are you are putting yourself out there and available for any sorts of criticism or praise at any moment I've been very lucky that people have been very excited about me but yeah it's it's nerve-wracking I am a very extroverted person but I'm also very squishy on my insides mm-hmm. and like thank god people like the audition video because wow that could have been <laughs> embarrassing <Yeah. laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean um but uh 
yeah, no, it, it's a whole learning lesson. And I want to be able to, I think as a, a person on this planet, as a human, as an artist, it's important to also, also for me to stay supple and soft, but the further you become visible, which I understand why, you know, like, it's just crazy that we expect certain celebrities to maintain a certain level of work if they can't even go to the grocery store anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how are you supposed to tell or show humanity when your version of reality has become so altered? So it's a delicate dance that I'm really learning um, to stay centered um, in in who I am and, and to protect that, but also still let it to be open and available. Um, big mystery, <laughs> insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, but it's always um, you know the journey is always one that puts questions before you and you you know, we'll come to answer them in due time. So yes, totally. And, you know, I've been really grateful for podcasts like this or interviews that I, you know, of people who are in the industry in a way that I think I have never really read magazine profiles or or journalist profiles on so-and-so actor or so-and-so director. But now I'm like voraciously reading them for mm-hmm. clues. I'm like, how do you do it? How do you mm-hmm. handle it? Um, so just to say, that's been incredibly helpful. Um, Michelle Yeoh. Yes. You know, it's funny that, you know, we're, we're getting to a really nice place because when you talk about asking people how they handle things, Mm. especially on set, what were those conversations like? I know my question before was like, what were things on set where you're having fun? But since we talked about this whole thing, now I'm wondering, having these conversations with these people, it's like, what did they do? How did they do it and what did you take from that also that you think you could apply to yourself well i think the thing that michelle honestly taught me was how to be number one on a call sheet she truly surrendered to this process in a way that someone of her caliber and of her status did not need to but Mm -hmm. she so beautifully welcomes everyone into her film family in a way that completely changes how everyone is going to act on a set you know what i mean like being on set is you're hosting the directors are hosting a party of sorts and whoever's number one on the call sheet it's their birthday (laughs) so if you're going to be grumpy and mean and you don't want to play well then no one else is going to want to play either and she truly is she just lives up to the hype of her legendary status because she is as professional also like has does so much of her homework so that she can arrive and play Mm -hmm. um and i feel like she really teaches me how to be in uh, a very forward-facing industry with a lot of grace Mm -hmm. because that is another thing about her is that she does handle all of her presence with such a such such gratitude and grace that is um really beautiful and admirable and then key honestly he i think i've spent my whole life pretending like I don't love what I do because it never felt safe to truly love what I do because I felt like at any moment it could get taken away or that Mm -hmm. I would never, it always felt like a huge fluke. Um, Mm -hmm. I had, I had and have massive imposter syndrome, it turns Mm -hmm. out, which I thought I didn't have, but now I guess I'm like, oh, well, 
I just filled out that little quiz and <laughs> <laughs> sounds like right. that's what that is. Um, you know, and I think in that sense, I've had a wall between me and the industry of being like, well, you know, I could come or go at any moment, but obviously I have fallen very deeply in love with making movies and watching key work has given me a lot of permission to just unabashedly love what I do because he honestly lights up like Goonies, Indiana Jones. I mm -hmm. see that child version of him completely light up on set because he just freaking loves it. And it's given me so much permission to be vulnerable with my mass amount of love for storytelling and what we get to do for work. And then Jamie honestly really prepared me. She tried to warn me about the fall and the mm -hmm. coming months of my life past March. She mm. came up to me at South by Southwest after she had just seen the movie for the first time. She was in that room, tears just like puddling in her mask. Mm -hmm. And she held onto my shoulders and was like, the next year is going to be a total mind fuck mm -hmm. and just remember what matters to you, stay centered. I was about to go whale watching. She was like, remember the whales <laughs> and remember what matters and remember what matters. And I thought I knew, but I had no idea. <laughs> and so I, I think back to it all the time because she has been doing this for a really long time. She's seen so much and to have her as a support system and a, a grounding system feels, I feel so lucky because she is someone who she knows herself with a capital K and mm, she, mm. she knows herself. She knows what she's willing to give. And she knows she also has to be home by 5 PM and it doesn't matter. Mm. Like she has, she's so centered in that and it is really powerful. And even I remember at the press day at South by Southwest, at our final photo op thing, mm. she walked into the room and she's like, listen, <laughs> said to all the photographers, she's like, listen, we've been doing this all day, so let's just change it up, okay? Mm -hmm. And then she's like, you, pick Stephanie up and I'll squat here on the floor. Mm -hmm. And then we all like did weird poses. Yeah. And she's like, and then she said to the photographers, there, now you have something that no one else has. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and okay, I wonder, was it. that the deadline studio? Because people were kicking high and doing the split. And we, I mean, we're freaks in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's really interesting, even through this whole journey, the things that I've learned about the three of those actors have been really interesting. Michelle, it seems really like shy and, and reserved. And then the night of the after party of the movie, she was like standing on a couch in the back and everybody was going crazy and she was having a good ass time. I was like, see people, I was like, see, you know, they're, and that's really kind of like getting to the point of the movie is that there's a duality in everybody, right? Totally. You look at one person and you, it's just what you see. And there are so many different levels and so many different parts of people that are not always going to be available for everyone. Totally. And no. I also think as in terms of just filmmaking as a craft and the Daniels as directors, what they're so good at is a, a scene might read a certain way on the page mm -hmm. and they'll say, let's shoot it that way. And then let's completely turn it on its head and surprise ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that is the gift of working with them is that 
I think it gives so much space to the collaborators to bring mm -hmm. all of their wildness, mm -hmm. which is where that's, I think, the type of work that I always gravitate towards is the kind that feels like it's protecting the core of the story, but it's so alive. You can mm -hmm. feel that people are in the moment together and there's just something, there's movie magic happening. And I feel like what we see is we're not seeing as much of that anymore. And so wanting to keep that kind of storytelling alive where people are not just acting to a sticker or a mark um, feels important, you know. And any any goals of producing, directing, maybe writing in the future? I know you can smell it on me, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. Feeling. <laughs> My body odor is getting like that stench is getting. Well, you like, don't have a stinkier. conversation like yeah. this if you're not looking to also create. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I you know I I am not someone who has historically been very good at multitasking. So when I first came up, um, before I was on Broadway, when I was doing downtown theater, that's the kind of environments I was in was what you call like devised theater, mm -hmm. right? You get into a room you pick one topic, everybody does like a dance interpretation of it, you make a show. So I've always, that's like how I was trained. That's what makes me really happy. Um, but it's hard when you're a full-time actor to be doing that. I'm not the type of person who can be on set for a week and then on a Saturday be like, let me write my screenplay. Right, you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very all in. Right. So, you know, um, but I think the next chapter of my life will very much be about um, producing, directing, writing, um, getting things that are in my head made. And um, that feels very daunting, but very exciting and enriching for sure. Um, directing, I feel like it's something I've always really wanted to do and I've done for theater and things like that. But what I've really, I feel very humbled by some of the most incredible filmmakers that I feel like I've gotten to meet already from Daniels to Ryan Johnson, even working with Amy and Dan Sherman Palladino. I'm like, they really know what they're doing. And mm -hmm. so I've been able to study how everyone works from the inside. And the one thing I will say about film and the camera in general is that I want to make sure that I really start understanding the nuances of how the camera works in terms of lenses and, you know, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, before I just put on my directing hat. Cause I do think it's not something that should, I don't want to fake it till I make it. There are right. other things I can fake it till I make it, but I'm like, I want to really feel ready to be courageous mm -hmm. when I, if I get so lucky to direct. And are there any like films or television shows coming up that you can let us in on that you're, you know, working on about the film pre post-production or whatever? Yes. So I am really excited about Poker Face, which is the Ryan Johnson and Tasha Leone show. Um, they it's coming out on Peacock in late January, I think. Um, I'm really excited. They have cameos up the freaking wazoo yeah. it's crazy and i yeah. honestly think the show is going to be amazing and i had so much fun filming i think it's going to be really good knock on wood i know it is because <laughs> it's them um i'm filming the fall guy right now with uh david leach mm -hmm. and ryan gosling um whole other crew of amazing people that won't be out till 2024 
few other things coming out in the next year that are uh, title lists or, you know, don't have their date yet. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, those are those are kind of the, the big things that I'm allowed to share at this juncture. I I gotta say this is like one of my favorite conversations because I like how you oh. were like you were like oh no wait you was like no wait I opened up like come let's 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 dial it back and I really yeah. I I loved that and oh. you giving me the space to sort of speak is a really gracious thing and a humbling thing for me too because um, I sometimes have to be careful and examine. Um, you know, what I'm doing and who I'm talking to and, you know, mm -mm 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 -mm. sort of directing conversations and seeing where people are at. And so this was really not just a great conversation, but a learning journey for me mm. as well. So thank you for, for coming on the scene to scene podcast, Stephanie, this was amazing. And you, you are having a amazing year and I hope you're having a good time and, thank you. you know, enjoying yourself as much as possible and taking care of yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much for also going on that journey with me. And <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been able to continue the interview. It was so loud in my head. I was like, wait a second. I got to ask Valerie. Because yeah. <laughs> we just skipped over that very big thing. Um, so, but thank you. And thank you honestly for, for what you do and the space that you hold. Cause it's really important. It's mm -hmm. so, so important. Um, and yeah, I think the last thing I just want to say is like, yeah, I fucking love our movie. I fucking love, <laughs> I love that I get to celebrate this with people that I love so deeply mm -hmm. and the creatives that this is the best case scenario to be so proud of something you made with people that you love so deeply mm -hmm. and get to celebrate it with them. It's a once in a lifetime, maybe twice in a lifetime if you're lucky kind of experience. And for it to be my first foray is mm -hmm. just, absolutely wild and i feel lucky to everyone who's listening who loves the movie thank you your support means everything i think stephanie got to give herself more credit because it's not mm. just luck it's talent talent you know thank you. you you worked for it you deserve it and you know upwards and onwards thank <laughs> so you. thank you so much and i hope you have a, a great weekend and yes, I fucking love the movie. <laughs> my fucking top 10. So there you go. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. You too.